Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey teachers, you are listening to episode number 52, and today I am talking with Kelsey Gravis from Adventuring Kelsey. Both Kelsey in this week's episode and Emily from episode number 50 are newish teachers, I would say. They're only a couple years in, and it was really important for me this season to have some quote-unquote fresh teachers on the podcast, especially right now as we're gearing up for the new school year, because I know that there are a lot of new teachers listening, and I want you to know how important your job is, but I also want you to know how important you are, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. I talk a lot about self-care here on the podcast, on my blog, and on my Instagram. It's really important to me, and it's really important to Kelsey. And so that's what we're going to talk about, what we're going to share about. As new teachers, we all do it. And I don't know, maybe we all need to experience that, like, working really hard and um, overworking ourselves. I don't know, maybe it's something we all need to go through. But I also want teachers, especially new teachers, to be armed with the reality of how hard teaching is. So you can create a plan and combat the teacher guilt before it ever sets in. Kelsey is going to share some things from her first year of teaching and what she wishes she would have done differently and take her advice, y'all. She's a real teacher with a real passion, just like you, but she also realized really quickly how much that passion can take over and cause you to work way too much and take hardly any time for yourself. I want to let you know about Prep for the First Day, a free three-day challenge that I am hosting over on my website, The Simply Organized Teacher. In the course of three days, you will get simple, actionable steps to getting prepared for the first day of school. Guys, it's coming up soon and we need to be prepared. We're gonna go over how to set up your classroom in an organized way. I'll share with you a checklist of things needed for the first day, as well as encourage you as you begin a new year with organization and management tips that I think every teacher needs prior to the first day. Join me by signing up at the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash three day challenge. I'll see you over there. Also, if you want more help creating a self-care plan for this upcoming school year, that is the very first module on my new course, Kickstart Your School Year, that launched in early July. This course is for any teacher wanting to develop a detailed plan for their school year. I will help you walk right through it and plan it all out. Head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash kickstart to learn more. Hey, Kelsey, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you on the day before your, well, the day of your spring break. Um, Tomorrow, first day, no school. Yes, it'll be nice just to get back, back in touch with who I am and kind of get out of teacher mode for a while. Yeah, we have to do that. We have to take a step away. Um, I just got done with a coaching call with a teacher and, um, she was talking about like how as teachers, we have to be all in all the time. That's just part of it. Like you have to be. Um, and so that's why these things, you know, like spring break and Christmas break, I think as teachers, we want to keep working through them and be productive with our time. But at the same time, it's like, we have to step back and just be not teacher Kelly or Kelsey for a little while and, you know, just enjoy us. 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in everything that is teaching. And, you know, we are on all the time. And that is kind of something that I actually in my first year of teaching really struggled with was finding like I I felt that I did need to be on all the time. And that meant that I was getting to school an hour earlier than I needed to be there and staying two hours later and then Mm -hmm. bringing stuff home. And um, I'm finally and I'm so thankful that I'm at this place where I can put a stop to that and say, okay, it's time to get in touch. And so that's why over the spring break, yeah, I brought some school stuff home, but that doesn't mean I'm going to touch it. I might not. I might. It's there if I want to. But like that old teacher me would have felt like I still had to be working through my whole spring break. And so Mm -hmm. not going to unless I feel called to do it. Yeah. So we jumped right into like what we're going to talk about. So (laughs) let's backtrack and um, tell us who you are. Yeah. So I'm Kelsey. I'm a second grade teacher. This is my fourth year of teaching. I live in Nebraska. So, you know, have had all the, all the good snow and stuff this year. Um, but have y'all had a lot this oh, season? Yeah. <laughs> like record breaking, like over 50 oh, okay. inches at this point. And there's still more coming supposedly. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Um, safe to say I'm ready for spring, not just spring break, but, <laughs> but like some warmer temperatures. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's supposed to be like 38 today and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> So that's so funny that you mentioned that because I'm originally from Texas. And so like it would maybe get down into the thirties, like once, like one week out of the year. Right. Uh And now I'm living in Germany and, um, yeah, like we haven't really gotten above 50 in, you know, like two or three months. Uh And so I find myself being like, it's 45 degrees today. Yes. Like I get to go outside and walk around without all the gear. It, it's just so right. funny how like coming from that Texas side of me, but anyways, I interrupted. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's <laughs> fine. But yeah, I mean, that's a, a bit about me. I um, have also started a side business that I am working on too. Um, so that's kind of a newer thing, but uh, it's really dedicated to helping teachers kind of, kind of, I guess, like we jumped into, and I already said, I was at that place of being stuck, um, in that teacher mode all the time. So I have this side business now of helping coach other teachers to get out of that and to get back in touch with who they are. So that's a bit about me. Well, let's talk about that then, since we already jumped in, let's just keep going. Um, (laughs) you talked about your first year being like super. And I think that's probably a lot of our stories is the excitement of the first year, um, like combined with all the expectations and all the things that you don't know you have to do, um, that we just like find ourselves just totally, what's the word I'm like, like enwrapped. I don't know if that's a word, but you know, what I'm trying to say just like completely enveloped engulfed. In, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. And teaching. So what are like looking back from this, from where you are now, um, talking to a teacher who is one or two years in, or honestly a teacher who's been teaching for 15 years, but just is struggling with time management. What are some things that you see that you did now looking back that you wish you would have done differently? I would say a big thing for me was that time investment. I 
it wasn't necessary for me to be there an hour before school and stay two hours late. Um, because now I don't do that and I still get done everything I need to do. And then some, it's just become how, how I manage my time has made the difference. So my first year, I just kind of, you know, those super long to-do lists still have them, but, and I know you're all about organization too. So I know you can feel me on this, but like, I have it set up in a way that works for me to be most effective Whereas the first year of teaching, I would just write stuff down and I was trying to be with the times and I was like, oh, I'll plan everything out on Google Docs. And that just didn't work for me because it was, I am a pen and paper kind of person, so I need to stick to that. Um, And so just looking back, 100% would be the fact that I was dedicating all of my time to teaching. Um, Like I kind of said at the beginning, I would be there an hour early. I would stay two hours late. And then I would still bring stuff home with me to do at night, to do on the weekends. And it just, it, I started to live in this constant fear of not getting done what I needed to do. And kind of like you said, with the expectations, especially in your first year, you want to show up. You want to show your administration, your teammates, what you're capable of, and you want to put like your best foot forward. But if you're investing all of that time in just school, you're not putting your best foot forward because you're neglecting the most important thing in that situation, which is you. And that's what I did. And it got to this point where I was noticing myself being unhappy. And there was really no reason for me to be because I was, I got a job at the school that I absolutely wanted to be at. I was working with amazing people who are some of my best friends. I had great relationships in my life. Like there was nothing, like if you would look at it from the outside, there was nothing wrong, but internally I was really struggling. And there were those signs of, I have all of this. I have everything that I've wanted but I'm still not happy. So something was missing and that was taking care of myself. Um, so I would consider those like those big warning signs when you are so enveloped, so invested that literally like, yes, teaching is our life, but it's the point where teaching is your life that it becomes an issue. And I guess when I say that, I mean, literally you're living, you're breathing, everything Mm -hmm. you're doing is teaching. And we need to learn how to take a step back. And yes, when you're at school and when you are working on school stuff, yes, be investing all of your energy into that, but then take the time to step back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it's like building in those, that's why I talk so much about like building in, um, like something I feel like I've mentioned a lot on the podcast lately is batching days and batching your work. Um, Because this is something I'm hearing from like the online entrepreneur world, you know, those kinds of podcasts that I listen to that are helping people like me start their own businesses. They're talking about batching your work. So like when I think about that, that's exactly what I did in the classroom. And it's all about batching and prioritizing what you're doing so that, um, Like you said, when I'm at school, I can be fully at school, but then I can also know that because I'm 
managing my time while here, I can go home and do whatever it is that I want to do that brings me joy or, you know, whatever. I mean, I even struggle that with that now, um, you know, when I first started teaching and I first got in the classroom, all I wanted to do was be at school because it was so exciting for me and I loved it and I loved coming up with new ideas. And so, and I've said this before, like, I don't want to take that away from a first year teacher, you know, like there is that excitement that you want to be up there. And I see that now with my business and my blog, like Cody's been in China for the past week and a half, my husband. So like I'm spending all my time working on business stuff because it does bring me joy. And, you know, it's my passion right now, but I'm also like being very intentional. My goal this upcoming week is to end work every day at four o'clock because I haven't really done anything for myself in this whole time that he's been gone because I'm like, got to get it done. Got to do. But you know what? I always find something else I want to do. Um, and so you have to be able to kind of separate and step back and say like, okay, this is what I need in order to keep going. I want to go back to what you said about your to-do list though. And you talked about, um, finding the method that worked for you. So will you talk with us about that. Cause I'm kind of curious what your to-do list looks like. I'll share what mine looks like. And then a couple other ideas I've had. So that way, if somebody's listening, maybe they can get some ideas or make their own idea from it. Yeah, for sure. So I, um, I always have it by me because even if you're like in the middle of a lesson, there's just like that random thought that comes up and you're like, Oh, I forgot to make copies of math homework. So I need to jot that down because it's something that may need to be done that day if I didn't have it ready. And so Mm -hmm. what I do is I just have that jot list, um, of just everything. And when it comes to me, I put it on there, but then what I do is I go back and I look at those things and I prioritize. So if it's something that needs to be done today, I'm going to start a new list and it's going to go to the top of that list. And if it's something that needs to be done, obviously, but may not need to be completed by the next week, then it's going to go towards the end of the list and I'll work through it that way. So the things that need to be done are getting done. And then if I have extra time, I can go back and look at those things that may not need to be done until next week. But because of the way I've prioritized my time, I can complete those things and they're finished before they need to be. And, um, I also make it a point, like any free time that I have, I look at that to-do list, like talking about how I had parent teacher conferences last week. I had a couple that didn't show up and I used to be the teacher who'd be like, Oh, I'm going to go see who else didn't have, you know, someone show (laughs) up and I'm just going to hang out with them until my next one does. But I spent that time working through that to-do list because then I was even able to plan like two weeks in advance, which I'm usually like week Isn't to week. Isn't that the best feeling? Yes. And I'm especially like <laughs> with it being spring break, I'm like, I have everything ready for next week. So I don't need to worry about a thing. And so just not only is it the way that you organize your time, but it's, or your list, but it's the way that you execute it. So are you using your time effectively? Like especially for me, I end up having a lot of meetings during my plan times. So I'm not getting a lot of them. So when I do have them, like I am nose in paper working on Mm -hmm. the things that I need to get done. Yeah. I snickered whenever you talked about like making the second to-do list because I am queen of like (laughs) 
part of like, and I was just talking about this with somebody, part of like what makes me feel just more in control is making that new to-do list. It's a little bit more organized. Um, but yeah, I do the same thing. And I have these, um, I have this, like, it's a notepad. I'll link to it in the show notes. And it's from a company called cultivate what matters. And it's basically just like a a huge, well, here I have it. I'll show you and I'll put a picture in the show notes, but it's this huge sticky pad. And like each thing is a day of the week colors. (laughs) (laughs) So I just like, I write out over here on the side, like everything that I want to do that week. Um, and then I'll go in and like kind of assign things to days. So then I can like take a step back and say, okay, don't need to worry about that thing because I'm doing it. Like I can see right here, I'm doing it on Thursday, you know? Um, and so I think that's been really helpful for me and just kind of, it, it just takes that stress away because you know, you've already built it into your schedule. Um, there's another thing. Have you heard of the Eisenhower box? No. Okay. So this is a to-do list framework, I guess you could call it. Um, and it's a, again, I'll post a picture of it on the show notes so people can see, but it's a a square that you divide into four quadrants. And so, um, each box. So the top one, the top left corner box is important and urgent. So you have to do it right now. Um, and then, the box next to it. So top right is, um, important, but not urgent. So you decide if you need to do it, like it's important, but do I have to do it right now? No. Um, so like an example on this, I'm looking at this picture right now. It's saying for the do it right now, it's urgent. You have to write this article for today or write this lesson plan, make these math copies. Whereas the important, not urgent thing is something like exercising. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's important. I need to do it, but I don't have to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so now we're at bottom left corner. This is urgent, not important. So this is something that you can delegate. So, um, I'm trying to think school wise, you know, like if you need to make copies of something, well, if so-and-so is already going to the copy machine, Hey, can you, I forgot to do math. Can you copy this for me? Right. You know? Um, and then the last is not urgent, not important. And so that's something that you just eliminate, you delete, you get rid of it, you get it off your list because, it's not a priority. So I think that would be a good helpful thing for a teacher. Like you said about keeping the to-do list on your desk at all times, I say the same thing. So that way, whenever it pops into mind, you write it down. And then at the end of the day, you um, take that framework, have a sheet of that next to your desk also, and you categorize your things. Kind of like what you were saying, rewriting your list in a different order, but then taking it a step farther and, you know, putting it in these categories to really see what is worth your time. Right. And this might be going a little off topic too, but when you said in that one box, there's things to delegate, like delegate stuff to your teammates if you can. Yes. But delegate stuff to your students too, because that is absolutely, that's something that I do. That was a huge game changer for me. Um, is literally every student in my class has a job and it's, it takes so much away from the things that I have to do. Like there's a kid who's going to change the calendar when it's a new month. There's a kid who's sharpening my pencils every day. There's a kid who's literally erasing the board every day. And it's those little things that are now off of your plate that you can maybe do that exercise thing. That's not 
a school thing, but now you have the time Mm -hmm. for yourself too. So don't be afraid to delegate stuff to your kids too. And they love it. Oh, they love it. Even like I had girls dust my classroom because they loved it. Like those, I don't know what it was about the girls, the boys during indoor recess wanted to be on the iPads or playing, but the girls, can we dust? Yeah, sure. I had a student this year who's literally come up to me and said, um, this classroom is a mess. Can I help you clean it up? And I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. One less thing that I need to do. So hang on one second. I'm going to get my scout lay down. The dogs are in here with me and they're getting restless. Scout sit. Okay. That's okay. I have a dog too. I get, she's in the kennel because (laughs) there's no way this would go. If it would work. They've been fine the last little bit, but I think they've been in here now for like two hours. And so I think they're like, okay, mom, time to play. What would you say? And I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit, things you did wrong in your first year, but what are some things that you would tell new teachers to look out for, um, to keep them from going down this path? I think like, what are some signals? I guess. Yeah, I think definitely a big blaring one that you will be able to see is the time that you are investing. And if you are investing the majority of your time outside of school, also into school, that's a sign. And what you need to know is that the things that you need to get done are going to get done. So if you're not, if you're noticing that you're not investing in yourself, whatever it may be, whether it's reading, whether it's exercising, whether it's hanging out with your friends. If you notice that those things are starting to lack and teaching is always coming first, I think that's a warning sign. And if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling stressed because it is, it's a very stressful and overwhelming time. When, once you start to feel those things, that's when you need to start reflecting on, okay, what can I do? Because it doesn't have to be as bad as it feels if you're taking the steps to recognize where that's coming from. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you notice it's because you have all of these papers to grade, right? And you're not getting caught up on them. Maybe that is something that you could delegate to a student, honestly, someone who could do it effectively and appropriately, or something that I did. Um, My first year was I had students grade their own spelling tests. As soon as it was done, I, we switched, they had a red pen, pencils had to be completely away. And I would put the list and, you know, honesty system, like, they had to be honest about it, but that was something I could trust them with. And it was one less thing I had to do. Um, so recognize where it's coming from. If you have all of these meetings that are starting to be the cause of your stress, reach out to an administrator, talk to them about it because they, they don't want you to get to that burnout. They need you to be the best teacher you can be. And so you don't, need to be afraid to go to them. And I know, especially as a first year teacher, that's scary um, because you don't want them to think that you're inadequate at your job, but they will respect you more for being upfront and honest and saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I need your help. So to go back to that example of, Oh, I'm having too many meetings. I'm not having time to like plan for my class. Let them know And maybe it's something that could be spread out. And like, what was nice about the school that I taught at in my first year, my principal didn't want anyone to be on like committees for their first year. 
Um, and so, you know, maybe it is something if you are, you can have that conversation and say, Hey, I need to take a step back from this. Can someone else from my team fill in for me, but just recognize when you don't feel it, it, I can't, I feel like give a specific example, but it's just when something feels off, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't feel like yourself. You don't feel right. And you, it may look like you're starting to snap at students when you never did before, or you're starting to snap at your significant other when you didn't before. There's just these little things where you are off and you're not feeling like yourself that are the first signs to it. So if you can recognize when those are happening, discover where they're coming from, come up with a plan of how to work through them, then you could easily stay away from that spot that you referred to where you're just, you're in that overwhelm to the point where it is going to be result in some sort of big, big blow up in a sense, for lack of a better word. And you're in that spot where you've completely lost yourself. Right. Um, and I want to say like, there is, you're going to have stress. You're going to have overwhelm. Like that's inevitable. But what you're talking about, I think is like the stress and overwhelm that doesn't leave you for a period of time. I mean, there's going to be days where you're going to come home and you're going to cry and you're going to like sit on the couch and think, why in the world did I decide this job? But hopefully within a day or two, you kind of like work out of that. I think what you're talking about is more of like you're as a whole, you're changing. And like, it's like you said too, like there are going to be days. So if it's a day where you're like snapping at your students or you're snapping at your significant other, like obviously still acknowledge that, but know that you're not stuck in that. But when you're feeling that way and you're having those reactions to people for a lengthy amount of time, I would say even like if it's been going on for a couple weeks, start at least start looking within at that point to see where it may be coming from. Um, and if it extends to an even longer period of time, you know, really dive into that deep work for yourself and figure out why you are feeling this way. Because once you're in that and you're stuck in it, you're not serving your students. You're not serving your coworkers. You're not serving yourself, your relationships, Um, And it kind of ends up being this cycle of staying in that and it's even harder to get out. So yes, there are going to be days here and there. Like I still, I feel them, you know, I come home, I cry, I, and you just, you have to allow yourself to feel those emotions. And actually that is a suggestion that I do have is when you do have like that day here and there, when you feel that way, allow yourself to feel it. Don't block it out because blocking that out is going to start to build up also, um, to that point where you are feeling it every day. So if you feel like you need to cry by golly, cry and get it out. Um, cause that's especially in your first year, just feel those feelings and know that it's okay and know that you're not the only one feeling that way. Just allow yourself to feel so you don't get caught up in those emotions. My counselor, the last time I talked with her, um, she was, we were talking about some stuff that's been going on with me and anxiety and whatnot. And she was like, you know, sometimes I think you just need to go in the other room and put a pillow over your face and scream and just like, 
you know, I think I want you to try doing that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but I've done it a couple of times. And actually earlier today, I was feeling a little bit just, um, discouraged, frustrated, whatever. Um, and I did that. I like went in the room and <laughs> I put the pillow over my face. I screamed and then I took the pillow down and the dogs are staring at me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> um, and then, you know, I went on a walk and then mm-hmm. I got better, mm-hmm. you know? As teachers, we face so many challenges, and if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves drowning in all the stress and frustration that can come from it. But despite the discouragement and the weariness that seem to plague us at this time of the year, we must realize that God never intended us to be crushed underneath the pressure or run dry because we poured everything out and have nothing left to give of ourselves. God wants us to teach with joy, with peace, and even rest, even when things aren't going the way that we hoped. And that's why we're partnering with Teach for the Heart to bring you Teach Uplifted, a six-week program to refresh your spirit and renew your passion for teaching by finding joy and peace in Christ. In Teach Uplifted, you'll discover how to guard your energy, face challenges without fear, stay positive in the mid-year doldrums, and most importantly, to trust God through it all. If you want to learn more or sign up for the program, I'll link to it in the show notes, or you can go to bit.ly forward slash TSOT Uplift, and that'll give you all the information you need. I'm partnering with Teach for the Heart to spread the word about Teach Uplifted because we know this program will be a huge help to you. I've been following Linda for a while, and I truly believe in what she's putting out there for the teaching community. If you join her after clicking through on my website, I will receive a small commission at no extra cost to you, of course, but I will appreciate you forever for helping support the Simply Organized Teacher. times of the year you would say, so if we're talking specifically to like first year teachers right now of the year that you, that they can expect to be more stressful than definitely the beginning of the year. Um, especially because you're in this place where you have all of these things to get done, but you also don't really know what to expect. You don't know what's coming Mm -hmm. because yes, you've had experiences in the classroom, but you've never truly been quote unquote alone in the classroom. There's always been some sort of guide or some sort of teacher there helping you along with what you're doing. And so beginning of the year is going to be very stressful. And what's hard about that too, is there's the excitement of it. And so it just all, it's a very emotional in general time. Um, And then I think like February, March is also a tough time. Um, because especially, I guess this could be dependent on where you're located, but like thinking about the Midwest and thinking about how, especially this year we have been inside. I don't remember the last time Mm -hmm. we went outside and that's going to get very overwhelming because you're going to start to see more behaviors from your students pop up that you may Mm -hmm. not have seen. And that will be really frustrating to deal with. So I think that's another key time to really third quarter. I think even for me now, I feel like third quarter has always been the toughest one. Well, because like you're over the first half and then that January to spring break, there's not really much time off. Um, Maybe a day here or there, but at least in the district I was in, if we had a day off in 
between Christmas break and spring break, it was only the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it was like Easter or something, but like president's day, Martin Luther King day, whatever was always, I still had to go in. Um, and so it's like that hump to get to spring break. And then once you're over spring break, you're like, all right, I got nine, 10 more weeks and I'm out of this place. You know, I can, I can do this. Um, yeah. And I'll link to a picture of it, um, in the show notes for this episode, but there is actually a study that's been done that shows for first year teachers that, um, October, November Mm -hmm. time is really like the worst time of the year for a first year teacher, because, um, you know, the beginning of the year, like you're talking about, there's all that excitement, there's definitely stress. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you still have that like excitement. The kids are still new. They're figuring out they're not yet testing their boundaries. Um, but then October you're in that groove and I feel like that's when all this stuff really starts settling in. Like, Oh shoot, I have to get grades done. I have to, uh, we had to do like DRA testing or, you know, those reading assessments, like all this stuff that was having to be done in that time. Um, so I'll link to it, but there's, a graph showing that that time is really hard for first year teachers. And so going into the year, knowing, okay, I can expect the beginning of the year, October, that February hump. Then when you do start to feel those things, like you were referencing um, the warning signs, you can, you have that knowledge of like, okay, this isn't me. This is the time of year. This is everything that's going on. It's okay. What am I going to do? to battle that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like I said earlier too, recognizing and when you're aware, like you said, there's this study. So, you know, now October comes along, you know, it's going to be hard. So what are you going to do to set yourself up so that once that does hit you, you recognize, recognize it right away and then can work through it. And, you know, when you bring that up, it actually makes a lot of sense because when I just think about, you know, some of the data points that we've looked at and stuff like that from school specific data of what we're seeing behaviorally, what we're seeing academically, Mm -hmm. um, that October time is a really hard time. So it makes sense that that's going to be a harder time for teachers too, because we're struggling with keeping all of that, um, as calm as can be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some things, if we're talking about prepare for October, prepare from February, you know, prepare for those times, what are some things we can be doing to prepare, um, things that we can have in place for when that time comes to help us combat those negative emotions or those, again, I don't want to, I say combat, not because we don't want them, but to just, take them, deal with them, and then move forward. I think it's really important to get in touch with who you personally are and what you need and what fulfills you and what brings you happiness. Um, And that's something for a lot of people, it's going to take you a while to figure out what that truly is. Like you may think, oh, it's reading a book, but it very well could be that you think that because Susie down the street reads books for enjoyment, you know, and you feel like, oh, that's what I need to do too. Um, So you need to get in touch with what that is. And then you need to put it into your schedule. As crazy as that sounds, like you need to schedule time with yourself 
so that you can spend, even if it's just five minutes, you can spend that time getting in touch, doing something that's going to bring you joy so that when you move forward, you have you, that, that happiness, it lingers. And so it will linger with you through that. And it's important to do it every day because especially in those times like October, there's going to be challenges every single day. And yes, spending time on you is going to start to bring you back. But then as soon as you're in that situation the next day, that is uncomfortable. It's going to take you back instead of forward where you were going, if that makes sense. I feel like that just like mumbled out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say, yeah, you have, you have to figure out what that thing is. Maybe it's multiple things and you can mix it up. Maybe it's one thing. Um, but find a task or something that can bring you happiness and bring you enjoyment and literally, like I said, plug it into your schedule as crazy as that sounds. Like I even have alarms set on my phone. I have a nightly routine that I follow because that's, that's my thing that keeps me in touch with myself and helps me remove my focus from school and focus on me. And I literally have alarms in my phone to go off when I need to do the different parts of my nightly routine so that it, it holds me accountable. Will you tell us what yes. your routine is? So, okay. <laughs> I love routines. So, um, I'm just, I love yes. to hear what other people so, do. So, um, do you want me to go into like time wise too, or just like, yeah, however okay. detailed you want to okay. go? So, um, I make sure that I don't schedule anything until I say about 5 p.m. Um, or after because I could easily be at school until 5 p.m. with meetings and stuff. So I'm not going to schedule it in. Let me back up to for a second. Um, that Since it's a routine, I want it to stay consistent. So I don't want it to be something that, oh, on Tuesdays, I'm going to start it at 4.30 p.m. And Thursdays, I'm going to start it at 8.30 p.m., whatever it may be. Um, I need it for myself to stay consistent. And so I, when I started figuring out what my routine was going to be, I thought to myself, what's the latest possible time that I would get home? Um, and to me, that's five o'clock typically give or take. So, um, I actually don't have anything quote unquote scheduled until about six 30. So that gives me like an hour and a half. And in that hour and a half, I'll take the dog for a walk or I'll eat dinner Um, and then around six 30 is when I start working on business stuff. So obviously teaching and having like a side business, it takes a lot of organization and all of that. And so that's why it's part of my nightly routine to work on that. And so I block out, um, about an hour, um, sometimes 40 minutes, anywhere between there that I work on business stuff. And then, um, after that for, it depends too, I guess. Um, I make sure that I'm getting stuff set up for the next day. So after I'm done with business stuff, like the latest I will go is seven 30 because I know if I go past that, I'm going to fall off track with my schedule that I have for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
after the business stuff, that's when I will shower. That's when I will pack my lunch. Um, that's when I'll put the coffee in the coffee pot to go off in the morning and just get everything set up so that my mornings are smooth and flawless. Um, and I don't have to worry about anything other than getting to work at that time. And, um, so then once that's done, I'll do some sort of personal or professional development. Um, lately it's been a lot of business development stuff since I'm working to grow my business as well. And then after that, it's like time to get out of like hustle mode, I guess, in a sense, like that's the point where I get to, okay, no more schoolwork, no more business work. This is Kelsey work. And it, I'll start with, um, 10 to 15 minutes of journaling and just getting out anything that I need to. Um, that's something really good too, to implement when you are feeling that overwhelmed because you can get your emotions out that way too. Side note. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I'll spend time journaling, reflecting on my day and I celebrate myself during that time. It's not, you know, this went wrong. This felt awful. I make sure to focus on the good from the day and I celebrate and I write down what I'm proud of myself for, for that day. And I work through that. And then for another 10 minutes, I'll color because for me, that's something like you don't need to think anything during that time. You can just like let yourself go. And, you know, for someone else that might be knitting or you just have to find that thing. I like to say that makes you feel like a kid again, because that's when you, when you think back to when you were a kid, like that was for most of us, when we were the happiest, when we were the most carefree. And I firmly believe that we need to be enveloping more of that as adults. And, um, Mm-hmm. Again, that's a whole nother side topic I could get off on. So I'll get back to my schedule. Um, I I will do that for about 10 to 15 minutes. And then I read for 30. And um, that can be anything. I really lately have been a lot into like personal development reading. And so I'm going to make it a goal over the summer to start doing more um just, you know, I do like mysteries and stuff like that. So I need to read some more of those, but I've just, I, my book list is so long. So, um, I'll read for 30 minutes and then I meditate and I do guided meditation because I am a person like I, my brain, if I try to do it on my own, it's going to go into a million different, Mm -hmm. um, things. And so I have an app And I do like a guided meditation on there. And I actually start that once I'm in bed because I typically fall asleep during it. So that's kind of what my nightly routine, well, not kind of, that is what my nightly routine looks like. (laughs) Well, I like how you said that you use alarms for it because my struggle is like, like you talk about Mm -hmm. the coloring thing. I would have trouble sitting still for that long. Um, And so I constantly be checking my phone, like, how much longer do I have? How much longer, you know, but I like that you use the alarm so that you really can totally get into that. You made me think about, um, I interviewed Sarah Forst from the designer teacher, um, back on some episode. I can't remember what episode it was, but, um, she talked about, I think she ended up like going to therapy due to, I don't know if it was just because of teaching, but like, she just ended up going to therapy, which I will say that's another thing you can do to have in place is like monthly therapy meetings. I mean, right now 
I'm living in Germany, like working my dream job. Life is great, but I'm still meeting with my counselor virtually regularly because that's a way that I can like help prevent, you know, I had a lot of anxiety this past summer and this is like a preventative measure. Um, but she talked about how her therapist recommended, um, for when you get home, as soon as you get home, 10 minutes a day, she really liked doing puzzles, um, do a puzzle for 10 minutes. And she said, eventually she was like 10 minutes. That's such a waste of time on a puzzle. Like, but then as time went on, like that 10 minutes turned into 15 to 20 to 30. Um, and now I see on our Instagram stories, her like, you know, sitting there doing puzzles and, um, so I don't really remember where I was going with that. I think I was just offering yes. another yes. suggestion of like something yeah. you can do. Um, but, and see for me, I, I don't have as much of a night routine, but my morning routine is really important to me. And so when I was in the classroom, I, my alarm went off at four 30, um, because that was the time for me to, really work on myself and reflect on myself. I would get up and make my coffee and sit. And I had this, like, I miss it so much, this chair in my living room that me and the dogs would get in. They would take turns, like who got to sit next to me. (laughs) Um, And I would journal and I would read my Bible. And that was like my, you know, time. And then once that was done, it was like, okay, now it's time to move on to getting ready, um, getting breakfast ready, lunch ready or whatever. Um, lunch the night before is the best way to do it. If you can do it. Um, and yeah, so that was like my, I'm just offering another alternative to somebody who, you know, is maybe more of a morning person, or I found that I was better able to reflect on my feelings and my true emotions Mm -hmm. in the morning. Mm -hmm. Whereas at night it was a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And I will touch on that a little bit too. Um, I'm not a morning person, but I do make it a point every morning to gratitude journal because I feel like mm-hmm. kind of like what you said in the morning, it's that's when it's most fresh in my mind are the things that I am grateful for. So I do do that in the morning. I'm a lot better at morning routines in the summer because I'm not... <laughs> you say 430 makes me not having to deal with that snoozing cry. alarm. I actually, I'm not a snoozer <laughs> because once my alarm goes off, I can't fall back asleep. But, um, Mm, I just, mm. even I was trying to go to the gym before school. And so I was setting my alarm for five 30. Oh yeah. I I can just walk. Like that doesn't take a lot. And, um, I would set my alarm for five 30 and it'd go off and I'd be like, Nope. But then I would never fall back asleep. Yeah. (laughs) But so it's just like, that's something that I've come to know about myself. I'm not, I can't do it. And well, and you have to find yes. what works for you because, um, I think sometimes like, I don't want to, by me saying, Oh, I woke up at four 30 in the morning and had this like glorious morning, whatever, um, paint the picture that that's what somebody else needs to do in order to have a successful day. Because that might not be my youngest sister. Like I can call her almost any night at like 12 or one o'clock. I'm never up that late. But I could call her and like bet that she was probably going to answer because that's her right. time. Um, so you just have to find what works for you. Yep. And, and I, you know. I think that's super important. That goes back to what we were talking about earlier too. When like, how can you set yourself up so that when these hard times come in school, you know, you are ready for it and 
you have to have that thing in place that works for you for, you know, whether it's a puzzle, whether it's reading, whether it's coloring, um, and whether it's in the morning or whether it's at night, or maybe it's something you do over your lunch. You decide like, this is my 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And like, for me personally at lunch, I need to be around the people that I work with. I need to have, you know, conversations, but someone else might be just as happy eating their lunch in their classroom and reading their book or whatever it may be. But it, that is the key thing is you have to find what works for you. And like I said earlier too, like you're not going to read a book just because Susie down the street is reading a book. You need to do it for yourself and not because you feel like it's something you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think we can, in this like social media day and age, everybody's sharing about what their life looks like. I think we can really easily get fall into that trap of like, well, I need to do that in order to be successful. And it's not always the case. Something else I was thinking of for me like having something big to look forward to um, every couple months, whether it's a massage or it's a weekend trip away or whatever, something like that. Um, I've even found like in my marriage, I feel like we are better when we have like a trip that we're looking forward to, even if it's just like a weekend away somewhere, but something to look forward to, I feel like helps me get through the humps of like the day to day to be like, okay, I'm working towards this. I'm working towards this. Yeah. You know? I, so I think that's something I valuable too. I think that just made me think too, um, about personal days, like use, use your okay, personal days because <laughs> yeah. that is something yes. like my first year of teaching. And I, I did take one personal day, but like, even on days where I was sick, I wasn't willing to do it because there's just that anxiety around it. But even like I was thinking through, okay, spring break was something that was, has been my hump been what I've been looking forward to for the past few weeks. Um, but if you don't have that, you know, if you don't have a trip planned, plan a couple weeks in advance, get a sub set up, take a personal day and look forward to that. Because again, that's mm-hmm. something that you just need. And this year, the beginning of this school year was really tough on me. This has been one of my toughest years just based off of the class that I have and everything. And I think it goes to say, I do a really nice job of taking care of myself and these things are still coming up. And so Mm -hmm. I recognized right away at the beginning of this year, I was like, this is going to be a tough one for me. I need to set myself up for success for me so that I can then you know, show up for my students. And to me, that was making sure I'm taking one personal day every quarter. And I have held Mm -hmm. to that and it has been the best decision for me. And do it. Like I recorded, I recorded a whole podcast episode, um, on this very topic because I was, told all, you know, in undergrad. And when I started teaching, save your days, save your days, because you Mm -hmm. might have that baby and you need to have your days saved up. Right. I left teaching at the end of last year with 20 days that I could not get paid out for. Yep. And they're gone. Like if I never go back into the classroom, I've basically like worked for 20 days. Absolutely. And you know, like that, it just angers me that, that, the first of all, that's even a policy, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that's not what this is about. Topic but for another day. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. T- like take those days. Yes. Save them because they're important. You need them in an emergency, but also like, don't be afraid to take yeah. a day off here or there. Um, because then six years later right. you might lose them all. And then yeah. what do you have to show? And for, I mean, you know? that, that is like, I saved them my first year. I saved my second year. I got a little better. My third year, I got a little better about being <laughs> willing to use them. And now this year, like I have plenty saved up. And so I'm not worried to take it because again, like you said, I'm not going to get them all back if I decide to leave someday. But also, you know, there is, I don't have that fear of like, oh, if I do need them all, because there have been some situations that have Mm -hmm. come up this school year where I have had to take personal days that weren't planned personal days, but, um, I needed to use my days and I didn't feel anxious or feel bad about it because I I have enough there and I know that it is important to use them. So why don't you wrap up by telling us where we can find you and um, what you can do to help teachers yeah. do that. Take Absolutely. Care so I'm kind of all over the place, but um, I am adventuring Kelsey on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, that's also my website. And so those are the main places you can find me right now. And what I can do to help, I actually provide a lot of different things. Um, right now I'm currently in the process of launching a free challenge. So I have free challenges that I do, um, that just kind of start you in that right direction of getting in touch with who you are. I offer a course on how to find alignment within your personal self and your personal values, um, outside of what you do as a living outside of being a parent outside of, you know, whatever it is you have going on, um, to really get in touch with who you are. And then I also offer one-on-one coaching as well for anybody who feels that they need that deeper level connection and, um, the support through that. So, I kind of, the free challenge and the course that I offer, those are, you know, they're not ongoing constantly. They're here and there whenever I'm offering them, but the one-on-one coaching is always offered also. So. Okay. Well, and I'll link to your website and I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes so people can come and, um, find their way to you and yeah, just make, find the resources to help them. Yeah. I even on my website too, I have like some freebies, so they're completely free and they're packed full value on how to save time and how to be um, efficient with your time for yourself. So, and they're designed specifically for teachers. So (laughs) perfect. Just what we need. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing about your, your experiences with us and, um, giving us advice and support. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. All right, y'all there was my conversation with Kelsey all about self-care and protecting yourself as a first year teacher. Kelsey is rounding out season four of the podcast. She's my last guest on. I will be back next week for a wrap up episode on some details for season five, but until then make sure to go follow Kelsey and sign up for some of our free resources. She's got the free meal planning guide, which meal planning and prepping is like one of the biggest ways that I stay on top of my week. Even now when I'm not teaching full time, you can also check out her guide to finding more time for you as a teacher. Again, all of this will be linked on my website under this week's show notes. 
And while I work on prepping for season five and take a little bit of a break, I would really appreciate it if you could take just a minute to head over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. So that way, when I come back with season five, lots of ratings, lots of reviews. So other great teachers can find it and listen and be encouraged. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at thesimplyorganizedteacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.